Okay. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We just thank you wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there, uh, there is freedom, there's liberty. And I thank you, Lord, it says, any two or more gathered together in the name of Jesus, Jesus, you're here. Thank you, Lord. You're good and your mercies endure forever. We thank you for the spirit of wisdom. We thank you for the ability to explore the realm of the invisible because that's really where we belong. We thank you. You call us to be uh, seated with you and live from there to here. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to start with a bit of a a story, an anecdote, a metaphor. And um, we've been talking about ascension. Talk about, well, we've been talking about ascension and we're talking about signs of the ascension is the anointing. And I've, um, in times past, I've had very intense seasons where I've done crusades um, and I've seen incredible miracles and that's a concentrated season. And I thought I was gonna start to go because, because the sevenfold spirit is counsel and might. And uh, I do remember the most powerful crusades I've seen, I spent weeks just hanging out with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're the miracle worker. And God did incredible miracles. And I thought we were gonna sort of camp on there for a while, but everything took a bit of a, a, a turn to the left. And we started to go and really dig into the realm of wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and counsel and God started to show us some things. You know, it's really, really interesting. We're going to talk on this at some stage. A lot of things that we put off for the future and God says is for now. And this is really, really interesting. We know, who, who knows Isaiah 60, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, deep darkness over the people, but his glory will be seen over you. And it says, kings will come to the brightness of your rising. Who knows that? So God's actually gathering people because of shining. So God actually wants shining ones. He wants shining ones, okay? But then it says in Daniel 12, those who are wise shall shine. So when we walk in wisdom, we shine. And then it says people will be drawn to the brightness of that shining. And then you have Solomon, people traveled from all over the, the known world, to his shining. Very interesting. Lord, I want breakthrough transfer of wealth from the wicked to the rock, like this. But the Lord says, yeah, you can have that if you engage wisdom. What's interesting is if you look where, where God said, let there be light, and then he, I don't think he created the sun till the fourth day. You what? And so you have cre- creative light and created light. So we just think the sun shone shone on day one. That's not the case. In the realm of the spirit is light. And so he is the father of lights. We are children of light, sons of light, to put on the armor of light and walk in the light. So the biggest, uh, when when you actually line up with wisdom, you shine. And so for me, it's not like, you know, obviously if you've got to check, you know, if, if if I get into prayer, and which is a line, I do that often, you know, sort of like occasionally on the holidays, you know, no, it's not like that. But I get in a prayer and I'm sort of like, I'm sort of in my own head about it. And then I've got to go down to the shop or something like that. And I'll be in a supermarket. And I'm, I'm literally now, I'll be like, you, I get people to sort of like just go, 
like this, and the first thing I do is go, you know. So, um, no, 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 because in the realm of the spirit, their light is being emanated. You know, if you, if you go on, we're going to talk a little bit about fasting tonight because it's connected to, to, to shining and not the Jack Nicholson type, but <coughs> here's Johnny. Okay, no, um, but we're talking about, if we're talking about people being drawn to the brightness of your rising and shining, this is what we're called to do. This is actually for now, you know. It says you're a city on a hill. And there's so much about the, the kingdom of light and God wants us to understand that wisdom is connected to all these things. But we've been talking about ascension. And what I wanna do is I wanna drill down on, on the realm of ascension, where and how and also why. I wanna, those can, I wanna connect those. So what happened is just starting off just just with, with I've, I've had a, a fascination with mountains for a while now. And uh, the second years gave uh, uh, the elders a, a pen each and mine was connected to Mount Everest. It's very prophetic. And first time I went up to um, a mountain, ironically was in Colorado, Mount Monarch, and went right at the top and you could, that, as far as you could see, all the water emptied in the Pacific Ocean. On that side was all the water emptied into the Mississippi. And so, um, and it was, I had a great time. And then, you know, I've actually been into the Andes and different things. I don't think we have any real super duper legit mountains in Australia. Um, Kosciuszko, that's the, the top of the pops. And I, I'm not, you know, yeah. Um, so, I'm pretty flat country. So, what happened was, um, it was, it was a Friday night, I was at my place, um, I think it went Nick, Christina and the kids over. My dad was over. And I just saw this message just come up on my phone and it just said, Mark's safe from, you know. And then a few, and I'm going, Mark's safe from what? Isn't that interesting? You get things quicker on Facebook than you do the news. And it was Mark's safe from the Christchurch shooting. So this is a while ago. And I think, it, it, um, um, I'm not sure what year it would have been, um, probably 18 or 17, maybe 18. And when the news came out, it was like a major, major, major thing in, in the world. And who remembers that when, that when that came out? It's like, what the heck? It was an Aussie. And uh, anyway, I won't add any further comment on any of that for, for a lot of reasons. But I felt in the spirit an urgency to go over there. And what happens is I felt that that what happened had a potential in the spirit to leaven, to spread. And the Lord said, I want you to go over there and do something about it. And I'm like, cool. All right, I'll do that. Now, if you have God on the inside of you, what happens is you realise it's not you, it's Him on the inside of you. I remember there was either bird flu, swine flu or SARS and Bob Jones was crying out to the Lord, Lord, what are you going to do about it? And God said to him, what are you going to do about it? This is how we have to see things. You know, we're, we're, Moses is crying out to the Lord and he goes, God, and God goes, why are you asking me? You know, you, you, you raise the staff. And so there's somewhere where the Lord says, I want you to go over there. It was not assumptive. Well, it was an assumption. It wasn't precocious. I just heard him say, you go over there and I want you to stop it. <clears throat> so we went over there. And so whenever you're doing something, this is a, for anyone that wants to carve out territory. 
is we did some intercessory stuff in Christchurch. Very powerful. But then the Lord sent us to Queenstown and we felt there was something about water spirits. Water spirits are, it's an area the church in the West doesn't have much understanding about. In Africa, you see manifestations of water spirits that would blow your grid here. You, you couldn't believe it. We're talking shape-shifting in front of people, okay? And so people go, ooh, that's exciting. Let's do a missions trip. Great, get built up for that, okay? And so witch doctors, etc., go into the water to get their power. But we felt that, uh, and we know that, that, that Elisha put salt in the water and different things like that. And we felt the Lord say, I want you to, it was, it was connected to a spirit called the Tanifah. And um, so we went to Queenstown and... So when you are, whenever you're pioneering something, what you've got to do, Jesus says, find the man of peace or the house of peace. The reason why Munta has happened so quickly and dramatically was, is because of Lawrence and Peggy Renard. So that's the house of peace. You can't just go and plant something. You have to find a peg in the ground. Peggy, right? <laughs> You have to, and then you can actually start to, because it says in Isaiah 22, 23, it says, I have made you a peg in a secure place and you'll become a throne to your father's honor. That's how you plant things. That's how you take territory. So if you can't find the house of peace, you must find the man of peace. Well, anyway, we went to Queenstown. Now, this, would, this stuff would drive my wife nuts, right? Because I'm really good at going somewhere and really know what, not knowing what I'm gonna do. I'm really good at it. What are you going to do? I don't know. And I'm really comfortable with it because God always turns up. So, so that's something that just gives my wife nightmares forever. Um, I'm wired completely differently. So I'm going there and to shut this down in the spirit. <coughs> so what happens is that uh, Lawrence w- uh, um, contacted or got contacted by a very, very famous... Uh, uh, so over here we have... What are the name of some of the bikey groups? We have that. We, do we have Hells Angels over here? Hells Angels. Wow. A lot of ex-dealers, right? Great. <laughs> oh, that was more than any amen I've heard in months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay, there you go. Note to self. All right. Uh, banditos. What else, what else is there? The Finks. Rebels, okay. Gosh, you guys are a Wikipedia. <laughs> Flipping bunch of bogans. <laughs> anyway, huh, that's really amused me. Over there, the big, the big group is called the Mongrel Mob. The Mongrel Mob. So this guy was, was a very significant Mongrel Mob and he, I think he'd murdered people and different things and went to jail. And he found the Lord in, in, in jail and um, came to Christ, re- fully repented. And what happened, he contacted Lawrence and he was in Queenstown. He's, he's street preaching, handing out Bibles, etc. So we like, we like, we go and meet him. And he's a cool guy. I mean, diff- different world. I mean, huh, this guy's like, a, he's a unit. And his, his whole face is one tattoo. Okay, which in New Zealand is not unusual. All right, I mean, if I, <laughs> if I wore a tattoo on my face, man, seriously. I know, I know, I got a, a mate of mine from years ago, they, he lived in a share house in Darwin and, you know, the only way you could fall asleep is if you drunk yourself to sleep. 
And this guy f- had too much to drink, obviously not in the Lord, um, and uh, fell asleep. And so while they fell asleep, they tattooed his face. <laughs> and they wrote on his forehead, fish and chips. <laughs> Here's the scary part. When he woke up, he went, cool. Okay. <laughs> fish and chips, deep. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one, uh, the misspelt word, no regrets, no, no regrets. I love that. That's my, <laughs> no regrets. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just no street cred. I saw this posted, real sort of like on a really like real virtue signaling, <laughs> and he's like on his calf. He's got this this tattoo of Malcolm X, but he didn't realise it was Denzel Washington. <laughs> Word. Anyway, this is this is what me out. This guy had a tattoo on his face. And uh, so what happened is we go meet him and meet him. We walk down to a restaurant and Lawrence is going, I think we meant to go up to a mountain because we were going to pray over the water and put solid in it. I think we meant to go up to a mountain. And, um, and so he goes, you know, we'll hire a chopper in the, in the morning. I'm like, oh, sure. Um, and so we meet this, 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 uh, um, his name's Tuhoi, and um, been on television, very, very, very famous. And um, so we go into a restaurant, and Lawrence goes, all right, Todd, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you start telling Tuhoi what you feel is going on in the spirit? Sure. So what happens is that I start saying, look, in every country, there's gates in the spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit fell straight away. Two hoys starts saying, wow, yeah, come on, mm, ooh, whoa, yeah, amen, whoa, come on, yeah, burp, you know. And we're like a bit taken back. And it's sort of like, I mean, it's, you know, uh, creative license on that one. And not far off it though. And he goes, yeah, cool, cool. Okay, continue, Todd. So anyway, anointing falls again. Whoa, yeah, come on, like this. It was very, it was, it was different. He's a, he's a man of God, he's a man of God. And so what happened... <coughs> Then all of a sudden, um, Peggy, this is in a restaurant, crowded restaurant. She goes, she looks at him, she goes, can I pray for you? Like this. And he goes, sure. And then Lawrence is sitting there and she stands up and goes, Paris. Like he goes nervous because he knows. Like she starts, once she starts doing that, you got no hope. Right? Hiya, hiya, hiya. Anyway, what happens is that she just like ministers and he's like this and there's people around everywhere. <laughs> and, then, and then you can feel the anointing. And then basically, you know, there's a lot happened. We sit back down and she just said to him, this is what took place. And he goes, it did not take place. She goes, no, 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 no. I saw this, I pulled this out and I gave this to you. And she goes, you did not. She goes, I did so. <laughs> this is in the restaurant. Then he starts to manifest a demon. Who's seen sport? He does this at the table and she right back at him goes, 
and they're going back and forth like this, right? He's manifesting a demon. She's like, I can't remember what it's called, like this. And then all of a sudden he starts praising God and saying, yeah, and he gets set free. And then we look around and there's no one in the restaurant. <laughs> we laugh so hard about it. Well, about the hotel. And praise God. Wow. You know. Anyway. <laughs> so there's no one in the restaurant. We had to, hey, go and we're paying the bill. No one, everyone's gone. Like this. And. Thank you. And they're all waiting for, they're all set by the counter watching us, all the, all the staff. It was pretty full on, you know. Anyway. So next day, um, pick up our friend and he goes to Lawrence because we're going up the mountain. And he goes, I think your missus uh, cast some demons out of me last night. And Lawrence's like, mm. and uh, he goes, you got to be clean to go up. And, and, and our friend goes, you got to be clean to go up the mountain. And so we go up there. And what happens is that, now, can you start with picture number two? Uh, we're in a helicopter, so we've got the top of the mountain. Can you put up picture number two? Number two, not number one, number two with four of us. That's it. Oh, very small. Okay. So anyway, so that's him in the foreground. Um, and uh, yeah, he looks like something out of a fistful of dollars, you know, like, and, and uh, Lawrence and Peggy up there. And uh, put the next picture up. Put the next picture up. It's probably, I mean, it's almost a, uh, you pick one. Yep. Is it not pick one, Is in the picture one. Yep. I mean, absolutely stunning. And what happened is we went up there and they're like New Zealand uh, shofars, they're called pakayas, and they're actually meant to deal with water spirits. We go up there and we actually, we, 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 you know, it was pretty amazing because we did a chopper, right? And it's like, we were actually going, the, 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 the lay of the land was up and down and around the side and it's just, you know, you're in the, all the, the helicopters all glass. And then we come out there and you've got these stunning, that's, so these, these are the Remarkables. Who's ever been to the Remarkables? That's beautiful. So anyway, we do all this stuff in the spirit and proclaiming and this, and you do it by faith. Because I've done, I've done a lot of stuff like this and sometimes, sometimes you just do it by faith and you're not, you know. And, um, and, and, and so you know the story, a lot of you know the story. Um, so we went down to the water and, we, and so we're on this, on this very small jetty and we said to two hoists, said, here, you've got the salt. When we blow the shofar, we want you to put the salt in the water, okay? And then we'll, you know, do our, do our stuff I'd just been on the phone to Anna Mendez the week before um, and she said, look, demons actually live in dark water. So you just disperse the water rather than cast out. And you're going, wow. Because all through the Bible, it talks about floods and places like Babylon and there's no, it's not like, in, in desert places, it's actually dark water. Uh, uh, um, you know, when there was, when there's incredible fear over Australia, over COVID, there would have, Australia would have been covered in dark water. Okay. So that's why the, the demons, when they were cast out of the, the, the Gadarene demoniacs, they went into the pigs and went back into the water. Really, really interesting. And when a spirit's cast out, it goes to dry waterless places. So you've got natural water, spiritual water. So we went down to the, to the water and, and we said, to hoi, put the, put the salt in when we say, we blow the, blow the, the pakayas, proclaim, and then you do that. And what happened is that 
that, that he's at the end of the jetty, Lawrence is between him and me, Lawrence is, you know, he's, he's, Lawrence is wide, okay? He's got, he's got massive shoulders, he's huge, right? And I'm like, and also we're sort of like, like all right, go for it, like this. And then we just hear the, well, that's a weird noise. And I look around Lawrence like this, and here's Tuhoi, rather than just pour the salt out, he's actually grinding it like he's making soup. <laughs> you know, throwing some onions, bit of garlic. <laughs> now, that was so funny. We walk away, and as we're walking off the jetty, the glory hits us. The glory hits us. Something got smashed, and the angel of the Lord came in. We go, we, 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 we're driving up to Christchurch at night, we're exhausted. Lawrence is driving, starts to rain. And what happens is I, I start to look up the, the picture. So we took a number of pictures. Sometimes what will happen if you take a, a random picture, when you look up the picture on your phone, it'll tell you the location even though you didn't know the location. You know what I'm talking about? As it turns out, the very spot that we randomly picked to land with the chopper. He says, where do you want to land? Oh, keep going. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, what about up there? What about, yeah, sure. So I look out the picture and I said, Lawrence, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. The place exactly where we blew the pakayas and we put a stake in the ground and anointed it is actually called Devil's Staircase. So um, and then, then because you, you're doing these things by faith, especially for any, every, uh, any intercessor, Sometimes, is this, we're just having a go, or is this real? And, and so the enemy plays games. You know, you flow all the way over here, just blow some trumpets and do a bit of, you know, shumba boomba. And, and you, you, it's, just, it's, it's like the king striking the ground with the arrows. But he didn't do it in faith, and so the destiny of a nation was changed. Because when you're engaging in the prophetic in a heavenly place, you better take it seriously. So that's what happened. Anyway, long story short, is that I'm like get tired and I'm sort of like going, the enemy's working me over because I'm tired. It's really, really important. If it's night time and you're tired, go to bed. But I'm having a good time talking to people. Go to bed. When tiredness comes in, spirituality goes out the window. You talk crap. And in the morning you go, oh, I can't believe I said that. Yeah, tired, go to bed. Okay, and then what happens? The Lord says, he wakens my ear morning by morning, he wakens my ear to him. But I'm a night owl, become a morning dove. All right, anyway. So, so anyway, I was tired and you start getting attacked because your defences are down. It's sort of like, when you're tired, the enemy's going, poof, poof, poof. you're not going, I bind you, I bind you, I bind you. You're just like, you're getting flogging. So I'm like this, and I'm like, oh, did that really work? And I closed my eyes, in the spirit, I went back up the mountain, Saw, the, st saw the, the stake in the ground and the glory of God on it. And I went, and I saw mission accomplished. It was, it was an amazing trip and God did many other things. Now, we've been talking about ascension. And with ascension, I wanna, I wanna talk about the wise and the hows. But what you have in relationship to the natural in Israel's history, there was always contention over the high places. The occult wants the high place. The occult wants to be in the gates. The occults want the high places. 
That's why they had all their little altars and stuff in the high places and they had to be torn down. In the same way, God, whenever you read about mountains, God meets his people on mountains. Moses is the obvious one. And then you have the Mount of Transfiguration and so on and so forth. Really, really obvious. But what we have now is what we need, we need to know is that even though, we're, even though we are sitting here, are we just here? See, my, my job is to articulate and enunciate the invisible, not the, not the bled and obvious, okay? Is that we can actually lay a hold of the invisible. We are called to see the invisible because the invisible things are eternal. And so it actually says, it says in Hebrews 12, 22 to 24, but you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. It says that we've been saying that for a very, very long time. And this is really important because in Obadiah 1.17, it actually says there will be, in Mount Zion, there will be holiness, deliverance, and people will possess their possessions. Those three things are key. You want to get equated with Mount Zion because you get full deliverance. People today were asking me about the ark. And the ark isn't necessarily buying property, growing vegetables, and trying to ride this out. That's not what it's about. It's actually about ascension and occupy, occupying places in the spirit in Christ. And it sounds great and cute and abstract, but it actually has to be ground out in practice. And I know that this is a very spiritual church and there's a lot of maturity here and a lot of people. They, 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 I've been having the best time. I've been fasting. I'm not saying that because I want my reward from you. I don't care. But what's happened is that I just, it's just, I'm, I'm tapping into something that's very, very exciting. It's exciting for me. You guys just get to, sh to hear the overflow. But I wanna talk about some of the dynamics behind this. I want to ground it out to something concrete. And I want us to have just a, like a, a very, very real and raw expose of what, what it means to be in a place of safety, deliverance, but it requires holiness. But the good news is you possess your possessions. Whenever you receive something from the Lord, it comes out of Zion comes out of Zion, comes out of heavenly places. So let's start with Psalm 24, verses three to five. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Now this is the word that Daryl got at the beginning of the year. Uh, yep. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. <coughs> he shall receive blessing from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. So what you have, Zion's the place where you wanna be, but it's not a casual thing. Yeah, let's go to Zion. It actually says clean hands, pure heart. And so being in Zion is God's desire and there's full provision, but at a cost. You don't casually go into the holy place of the Lord. They tried that, the high priest tried that, that's why they had the rope around their leg and they wanted to see if they could still hear the, 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 the bells, the sound of, the, of his garment. So we need to understand what it is to be in the presence of the Lord and in Zion. It's a holy thing. It's not a casual thing. It's not a theme from a conference. People go, cool, I'll try that. It's actually, it's actually an indispensable reality we have to become more and more acquainted with. That's why we talk about frequent flyer points. Also too, you cannot love here and Zion simultaneously. No more than you can love the world more than Jesus. He calls us to choose. And we can have a theology 
He goes, yes, I know that brother, but really we're passionate about, we've got soul ties left, right and centre and magnetic pulls into idolatry or even fear. And the Lord says, set your affection on things above. And that means Zion. Because what happens is that when you start to cultivate holiness in the fear of the Lord or cultivate affection, you find yourself in more and more encounters. While you are sitting here, it says you are already raised up in Christ when you receive the free gift of salvation. And so you have to love Zion. And it's not an abstract in the, a fairy tale in the by and by, it's a very, very concrete reality. It talks about that God will establish his house on the tops of the mountains and all the nations will flood to that. So there's not just Zion, there's actually mountains. I've had many encounters of going to mountains in the spirit. I can't, here's the, here's the thing, I can't make encounters happen. I can't just like try and imagine it and manifest. It doesn't work that way. Yes, we've taught on yet, sir, and, and all those different things. But encounters come from God. You can't make yourself have a dream. At the very best, you might talk to someone during the day or watch a movie or something, and you might do a bit of regurgitation, re recycle type thing. But you can't make yourself have encounters. I've seen so many mountains. Mountains are real, and to go up them costs you, but the benefits are limitless. I want you to, I want you to desire Zion like never before because wisdom says so. Now, what I wanna do as I wanna start, I'm not gonna to pretend to have all the answers. If I can stimulate your, or whet your appetite to seek the Lord, uh, my mission accomplished. Some things you just can't give language to. But we are so cookie cutter, I want to start off by shooting some sacred cows. I wanna quote someone who'll go down in history as such a unique individual, they were high, high level intellect and a mystic. Mystical, the, uh, the, it, it says that the, the, the mystery, the mystical secret, hidden for ages and generations, which is the word mysterion, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that God would live inside of you. That's mysticism. People go, ah, oh, like this. Do you know what? If large sections of the church are gripped by the fear of being deceived, then what they fear will come upon them. You said the word mysticism. So what? It's in the Bible. Get healed. The mystical secret. So Paul was a mystic, completely consumed with the realm of the spirit. That's all it is. <coughs> and so, uh, wrote a third of the New Testament. We're talking genius, but not just that is that he laid the foundation for so much post-resurrection. Now, so what I'm gonna read now in a second, we'll, get, we'll go in the book of Philippians, but this was Paul's personal obsession and it just doesn't fit our theology. But it's Paul, but it doesn't fit our theology, but it's Paul. Maybe we have set up some structures so we can best corral our understanding of God rather than come into the knowledge of the truth. Let's have a go. Philippians chapter three. This is what Paul said. That I may know him, Jesus obviously, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Now it says here, being conformed to his death. So that's not the death on the cross. 
is that Jesus lived, he only did what he saw the Father doing. He wants to be conformed to Jesus' death. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, everyone would be, you know, running into Roman armies and preaching, you know, like, like it's not the whole end game is in get saved and then die. That's not the end game. The end game is to live on this planet for God to change history. So he wants to be conformed to his death. That's really, really interesting. Okay, next, yeah, next bit, please. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're in, you're in the Lord. This, this is the guy that brought the revelation. You're, you're the guy that, 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 that saw it. And now, now you're saying, uh, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. If Paul is a bit shaky, where are, where's the average person at? You've got to look at it critically. I don't mean to criticize, to analyze. We have to analyze what we're taught. I expect you to analyze, right? What I say. Do your due diligence like a noble brain. So if, I, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Next one, please. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. See, now then you got like this, finished work and the righteousness of God and, 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 and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, I'm co-crucified. Kiri says, not that I've already attained. This is deep into his walk or I'm already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. So you're going, okay. So it's very, very clear very clear, and I don't have to go over the basics, is that when someone dies, there is a promise of resurrection. But also too, within the language of the Bible, whenever Jesus was talking about the dead, he wasn't necessarily talking about cadavers. He wasn't talking about corpses. Because Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. Okay? So then you have interesting passages of scripture like in Ephesians chapter 1 where Paul says that we would know the exceeding greatness of the power the power that works in us the same power that raised Jesus from the dead so whoa 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 so in other words Paul is saying there is a promise of not just resurrection from the dead in Christ to go in a glorified state it's also talking about laying a hold of resurrection power that will even quicken our mortal bodies now, now. Because this is what he says. Otherwise, if he goes, oh, I'm not even, I hope I'm counted worthy for the resurrection. Because there's a place of those who are wise shall shine. So rather than just be like, Christians are exactly like people in the world, yet their names in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's laying a hold of resurrection power while they're physically living in their bodies. Who believes that? Come on. Otherwise, it's just one day. And so, because Paul says, I hope to attain. And then he says, not that I've been perfected. And then he talks about that he would press on to the upward call in Christ. That sounds like ascension. So it seems like Paul's trying to lay a hold of something connected to ascension, which is connected to Zion, which is connected to the power of God moving in his body. This is, this, is, this is what the Bible is saying because otherwise it's either that 
or not many will be resurrected because Paul, you know, hoped he was counted worthy. And that we're not talking just, we're not talking Hebraic hyperbole. So this is really, really interesting because we need to understand the language of scripture. And so the upward call in Christ Jesus. But then he says, very interestingly, again and again, now we're talking about Zion, we're talking about power. Who believes they need more power of God in their life? Come on, we're going down this pathway now. All right, we're going down this pathway. So let's go, oh, I bind you in Jesus' name. All right, a bit going on. First Corinthians 15, Paul says, but someone will say how the dead raised up and with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. So, <coughs> You, will not receive, you, you do not encounter God's life unless you first go through death. You do not. Let's actually go, let's actually reference another thing it says in John chapter 12, verse 24. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So here... People, you go, well, we're talking about people dying and resurrecting. No. Jesus says, if you, if, you, if you try and save your life, you'll lose it. If you live for me, you'll find it. So we're talking about people who actually are being conformed to Jesus' death. Because it actually says, that according to Romans 6, that we're, we're already, we were, Jesus didn't just die for us on the cross. We died with him. Now, if we want to experience the fullness of God, we need to be conformed to his death. Now, what it says, unless a seed dies, it remains alone. So when people go, I feel lonely, then they haven't died. See, this is where that we're gonna paint the picture in regards to the, the realm of the invisible because, because if the truth sets us free, knowing the truth sets us free, then the truth is amazing. The truth is amazing. So knowing the truth is incredible because it sets you free. So the truth is good news. So a seed has to die. And following Jesus and dying to self because we're already co-crucified. You know, again, theology is a start, but unless it gets in your heart, it's just, okay? No more than like, you know, I like to go to JB Hi-Fi, I barrack for the power, uh, I miss traveling overseas, I believe in the resurrection. Just information. We need to, it needs to go into our heart. It needs to actually, because as a man thinks in his heart, so they are. So here's where it gets interesting about unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. And then you, this is why we need the full counsel of God in both ends of the Bible. Now this is really interesting. One of the most dramatic, dramatic events in history was the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. Dramatic. And so I'll read the first part, uh, Exodus 15, one to three. <clears throat> and Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has, uh, he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. So we have, 
this incredible deliverance because God says, I want you to be my own possession. You're gonna be a special people for me. They haven't met him in the wilderness yet. They haven't got the commandments. They haven't rejected the initial covenant, right? They haven't fed, been fed with quail, manna, etc. And what happens right after this song, Moses prophesies and says, this is God's intention. So we do the next bit, please. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. Not only do we get planted, we get planted in Zion. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. So what happens, unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Until people identify with the Lord and desire that kingdom, desire His fellowship, we remain alone. This is what's so exciting because if you want resurrection life in and around your life, the only pathway is to be planted. And we go like this. Yes, you've got to be, I mean, this suits my narrative. You must be planted in a church. But people in churches, they're sitting like lumps on a log. They ain't planted anywhere. Yes, brother, you need to be planted. You've got to be planted in Zion. Now, becoming part of a local ecclesia, yes, is an indispensable part of it. But you can be part of a local church and not be planted there. Because while we are living stones being, and, and, and being joined together, you have to be planted in the Lord. Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. And I, we see amazing things in inner healing. We saw uh, recently someone had, like, get healed of gangrene. Now, gangrene's dead tissue. And they, they got that. you don't get healed of gangrene. When there's gangrene, you go chop, chop. So we're talking creative miracle because of inner healing. I mean, this is, this is crazy, right? That being said, that being said, the ultimate panacea for everything is the cross. The ult we just don't know how to apply it. So what happens is that what's interesting is that unless a seed falls in the ground and dies, it will remain alone. And then after that, in, in, in John 12, he starts talking about you, you, you need to forsake your own life. So that looks like micro decisions. That looks like macro priorities. That looks like praxis. That looks like meditation. That looks like affection, Okay. Uh, look, for me, I'm a, I'm a, I've mellowed with age. I really have. And you're going, really? I have. But I'm a full-on person. So if I really like something, I really like it. I get, you know, like this, you know, sport, get right into it. What happens, the problem with that journey is I start to develop real affection. And that those become soul ties and a gravitational pull. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah God's good, amazing, amazing. Oh, but this is fun. So, so what happens is that, is that I actually, I have to set my affection. And then when you set your affection, what that does is it's like God is love. It's not just sort of like, you know, onward Christian soldiers march the old rugged cross. You don't wanna be around those people because they'll make you feel guilty about everything. But there's a place where 
If we aren't called, unless we go, unless we go on the ground and die, we remain alone. And so, but what, what, what the, the promise is, is that God says, I'll plant you in my mountain. You're not gonna be planted out, you know, out any, any area I mention, someone will be offended with, so I'm being really careful. <laughs> I grew up there, you know. Um, okay, Bolivar. All right. It's the one area you can smell before you see. Who knows what I'm talking about? When you're driving through Bolivar, everyone in the car gets accused of a terrible act. <laughs> oh, did you? Oh, did, what? Yeah. Bolivar. 20 minutes later, you cannot get away with anything. <laughs> now, even though Bolivar would be very fertile, the Lord ain't planting you there. <laughs> He's planting you in Zion. And this is the exciting thing. You get so excited about resurrection life is that, is that you're fixing your eyes on Jesus and the death is, like Paul goes, I just wanna be conformed to his death. He's not talking about topping himself. He's not talking about going into a, into a Roman, front of a religion going, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus is king, not Caesar, right? Is it actually he's talking about the fact is that he's co-crucified. But here's the exciting thing. It's not just picking up your cross. It's actually that you're planted in the glory. But if you want resurrection life and resurrection power, there's no other way. Who may ascend the holy hill of the Lord? So then it gets even deeper. You guys okay? Shabba Baba. Isaiah 61 verse three. Here we go. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So people go, yeah, we're trees of righteousness. You are if you've been planted and your seed has died. Because every seed has to go into the soil and it has to break open and then new life is generated. And the kingdom of heaven is organic. It says it's like a man sowed seed on the ground. Like the, the faith is like a mustard seed. Unless you're planted, and so I believe in this season, God's saying, hey, kids, get acquainted with Zion, that's where you really are, especially if you wanna abide in that place. Especially if you wanna abide in that place, because if we're talking about preservation, prosperity, ruling and reigning, it's an ascended reality, Psalm 91. Because he has set my love upon him, I'll set him on high. So. So we don't just naturally are trees, we have to be planted in the ground and that means unless a seed falls into the ground and dies. But the good news is this, is that that's not something that is years and years and years with no, uh, what's the word? No returns, it doesn't work like that. It's the more thorough we obey the Lord, the quicker it happens and so, we are the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. So I wanna finish by just going to the, the two indispensable parts of this. I believe, it's in, I believe they're both indispensable. But we're talking about wisdom says that we're planted in the mountain of his inheritance. Everything you need is in the mountain of his inheritance, the place of his sanctuary, everything. You're not planted in Bolivar. You're not dying, a, you're, oh, I'm alone. No, 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 no. 
you remain alone if you don't die. But if you die, you become a tree of righteousness and you're actually planted on the Lord's mountain. Who thinks that's freaky? But it's the word. It's the word. This is what we're talking about wisdom. You're going, wow. So it's not just picking up the cross. It's about being planted as well. Because what's interesting is the cross is made of wood. It says in Deuteronomy, cursed is he who's hung on a tree. And then Jesus was called the branch from the stump or root of Jesse. Grew up in Nazareth, which is branch town. And then now he says, here's the vine and now we're the branches. Because he was known in Jeremiah as the righteous branches, also in Zechariah. So, so you're going, whoa, God, this is incredible. So then this is, it gets even cooler because if we can give things language, we can bring them into focus. If we can bring them into focus and bring them to manifestation. Don't think for a minute God is holding out on anything with anybody. It's mostly either unbelief or like, yeah, nah. So that's where you go, I, I, Lord, I wanna die quick. I wanna be conformed, conformed to your death to taste your glory. Because if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're not in that space and you're doing it carnally, you've, you've all seen the end of the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. You don't want that. You don't want the Ananias and Sapphira in that place, okay? So, okay, let's just do this. We're talking about trees. Let's do this. Psalm one, this is very circular. The Bible's very circular. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season whose leaf shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Come on. Whatever he does, you'll prosper. So do you know the quickest way to die is to think someone else's thoughts? It says, let the wicked man, you know, forsake it, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, it says that in Isaiah 55. So when you meditate on God's word, you're actually, that, 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 that part of you that goes, I wanna do what I wanna do. And the Lord says, no, 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 graft in my word on side of you. you know, is, 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 is meditating on God's word by, and being transformed by the renewing of your mind is the most invasive thing you'll ever do, but the most beneficial. Because there's only three times, maybe four, definitely three times in the New Testament where you see the word metamorpho, right? And one is we are transformed or metamorphosed from glory to glory. And... Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, metamorphoed, was transformed in front of them, transfigured. And then the word metamorphoed is being metamorphoed by the renewing of your mind. When you commit to thinking God's thoughts, you are like a seed planted in the ground and you're like a tree. You know what's really interesting? A tree planted by the waters. Sounds a little bit like Revelation 22. You'll be like trees planted by the rivers of life. This is why you wanna die. Because if you don't, you remain alone and everything's soul power with a little bit of external anointing and a few mercy drops here and there. You're going, wow, has it really happened for me? You're going, I want the glory. I want resurrection power. I wanna be like Paul. This is my, my, my upward call. This is what I want. And you go, not only am I planted in Zion, I'm planted next to the rivers of life, the rivers of pleasure. So this is what he has for those who are wise. We don't have to have deferred hope until when we die. 
Because what happens is that the kingdom of heaven is open now. And that wisdom says we can shine now. So in the natural, obviously we're not gonna start getting all woody with leaves and our hair's gonna turn to like green bits. But what happens, we maintain our physical form, but in the spirit you're shining, in the spirit you're planted, in the spirit nothing will bother you. You will not get anxious in drought because the river of life is there. This is wisdom. It's not just pick up your cross. Yes, pick up your cross, but that's why you need more data points because you get planted in the glory and go, I don't want to just go through all this and not be in the glory. Well, then die. Do you not know that nothing is raised unless it dies first? It has to be sown. So the, 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 the inner dialogue of fear, the inner dialogue of unbelief, the inner dialogue of justifying your rubbish, it doesn't fly. That stuff doesn't fly in the Lord. It just doesn't. Is it let it, you know, everyone's been betrayed and, 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 and screwed over some ways. Everyone has, everyone has. I wasn't raised, you know, like, you know, never taken to the circus by my parents and my parents took me too much to the circus and Johnny over here says, but they left me at the circus, you know? <laughs> so you make a decision to release it by faith and you might have the emotions still, then you just deal with it, but you've got to make a decision. You've got to die. This is what, this, these are the very, very words of God. And so this is why those who are wise shall shine. We get to shine now because this is what happened with Solomon. He, he, he was a shining one. This is a now thing. And so thinking God's thoughts actually makes you like that tree planted by the waters. Okay. The next thing is, I think that what happens is that this is very, very powerful and we're in this season and I've been doing this and it's an invitation, it's not a mandate. I hate the word mandate. Probably never will like that word again. Even if I have a coffee with a good friend of mine, I will not call it a mandate, okay? I just, I'm just ugh, like this. Do you know, I can just feel my soul triggering right now, just that word, seriously. You know there's still places that are requiring this rubbish? Did you know this is still happening? Still happening, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. The CDC are building into their vaccination program with all, all infants, with kids that are going to school. It's just, it's, 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 anyway. Back in design. All right, here we go. See, that was the anger of man. It wasn't the righteousness of God. Just letting you know, just discerning your spirits, just letting you know, just, you know, in case you were just sort of like buying into the wrong thing, okay? All right, so I want you to, I'm gonna read out this, 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 this passage of scripture and I want, you to, I want you to read the juxtaposition of what this looks like because this is very, very, this is amazing. It's Daniel chapter one, verses eight, verses 11 to 12, 15, 17, and 20. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. <coughs> Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs um, that he might not defile himself. So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over, Dan, uh, set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better and fatter in the flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge. See, this is so cool. It wasn't like they were starving themselves. People go, I wanna go on a Daniel fast, but I don't wanna look fatter. What they did is they separated them from the gravitational magnetic pull of darkness, and this was through appetite. 
Now, even if it's, let's just say it's more than appetite. Let's just say they sacrificed or dedicated all their food to demons. You know, let's just say, you know, obviously Dionysus is a thing in Greece and maybe they had the, the Babylonian equivalent, Marduk, whatever his name was. But these four young men set themselves apart so they didn't have that gravitational pull of this world and God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Wow, wow, wow. Now at the end of the days when the king had said that they should be brought in in, uh, and the chief of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them and among them, uh, among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. So this is incredible. There's a principle here. No one likes starving themselves. I don't know who does. Maybe, I mean, you know, there is a bit of a, there was a bit of a social trend with teenage girls back in the day, but that sort of changed, praise God. That was a pretty bad situation, you know, Karen Carpenter, that sort of deal. That was a, a psychological mental health issue. But I love food. I really love food and food loves me. And I really, really love, I could preach on food. I could make you really hungry by describing what I like, I could. I could, I could be an amazing food evangelist. <coughs> yeah, serious, I love, I, 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 <coughs> I, can't, I, I can't handle food with no flavor. We have salt is a regular condiment at my right hand. If something has not been sufficiently marinated or, and then, you know, we do the two hoy. <laughs> but what happens, it's not about starving yourself. It's that, Lord, I am so hungry for you. This hunger for you is actually superseding, superseding my any gravitational pull here. And what takes place when you set yourself apart, your spirit becomes so attuned. One of the things I'm really researching at the moment is the human heart. But I'm not talking about the cardio, like the, the pump. I'm talking about the, the, the spiritual heart. You get what's in your heart. And the problem that most people have is their heart and their mouth aren't connected. This is a really big deal because you get what's in your heart. And so when you fast, all of this just comes like, you know, I mean, it's powerful. Because what happens, people like King David, they said, I communed with my heart. You really, if you have that level of ability to wait on God and that level of self-control in your thought life and the flow of emotions, then you start to be the head and not the tail. Because a lot of the kingdom of heaven isn't screaming, yelling and spitting and wearing yourself up in a hyped up atmosphere. It's called rest and waiting and being still and being planted and looking and focusing. There's a time to scream, a time to yell, a time to proclaim. But a lot of times, there's too many decrees that are empty. They're still bouncing off the walls. And so when you fast, when you, what happens, your spirit comes forward and it starts to instruct you. 
Fasting is really powerful and many people in this church has been doing this in this season. And what it does, what it does, it accelerates everything, especially being conformed to his death. I, I um, Paul said many sleepless nights, he said a day and a night in the deep, that would creep me out, a day and a night in the deep. I've watched too many sharks on social media, you know, you know, they're fishing like this and they just pull up the head of a marlin. Wow, what ain't that? You know, and he's sort of like, dude, hearing Jaws music. Day and night in the deep. Um, and, 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 then, and then through fastings, Paul fasted a lot. So did Jesus. And so what you have is, is that, uh, um, I, I, I'm not very good at the sleeplessness. I don't know how people go without sleep. If I don't get my sleep, Right? And there's seasons I've, 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 I had, I had months and months and months I was getting two hours a night. And you, I'd go into deep sleep and I'd go like this, I'd go, and I'm like, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I maybe got four hours, you know, like three in the morning, four in the morning like this, I've gone to bed at 10 and it's 11.55 and now it's it, I'm up. Months and months, okay? And so I know people who've gone on sleep fasts, it's like, cool, but I will not be in the car with you. <coughs> sort of like, you know, was that just a micro sleep? No, it was a coma and now you're in a coma. Okay. So I've had interesting experience with fast. The first fast I went on is I, I fasted on my own. I fasted for three days. I was in the Riverland and I wanted to experience God and I did, but I came out and he set me free from nicotine addiction. I wasn't asking him to set me free from nicotine addiction. You know what's really interesting is that God wanted me free from nicotine even though I didn't. Okay, so remember, smoking cigarettes will not send you to hell. You'll just smell like you've been there. Okay. So the second time I fasted, I fasted with Adam and for some reason we went down to, his dad had a house in Gulwa. And I've never fasted, I think we fasted for three days or five days, I can't remember, just water. Now, I don't know how, if you've had some really dumb fasting experiences, but this is one of these dumb fasting experiences. It's a long time ago. So we start to walk down the beach. And sometimes Gulwa is not the nicest beach because it's really windy. And we were walking into a headwind and it was like we're getting sandblasted, okay? So, I, like, I mean, you know, there's a bonus. You're getting exfoliated, you're walking like this. <laughs> and then we're, just, we're exhausted. We're just on water, you know, and we're just, we're just in the... This is, I think this is like day three or something. And uh, we were in the sand dunes, we collapsed. We're sort of like this going, gosh, that, that, that wind is brutal. We just kept walking, like, oh, so stupid. Anyway, we're sitting there with Tyler like this, he goes, I go, I go, what's your favorite meal? <laughs> you know, oh, and he starts on being a, you know, chicken parmesan. I'm like, oh yeah. You know, when, when, you, when you're fasting, even, a, even a, a dry banana and a crusty piece of bread, it's like, <gasps> and we started talking about food. Never talk about food when you're fasting. And if someone's around you talking about food, make sure you rebuke them sternly. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're like Pavlov's dogs, you know, <laughs> like this, you know, leaving like drops on the way home on the sand, you know. So I'll just tip me over the edge. I woke up in the morning found the pantry <laughs> and Adam woke up and he's like where is he 
Like this, kind of like this. And then <laughs> there was a doorway and all he saw me walking past was doing this. And he goes, aha! Like this, <laughs> fasting was over. Other times I've been on a fast. Fasting's not that hard. Breaking, it's hard. Who knows what I'm talking about? So I literally, this is such a hectic regret. I did once break a fast with a pepperoni pizza. (laughs) How to mess your body up, okay? Because all of a sudden, it's almost like, like it's like you're deprived and you're looking at this pizza and it's like a spirit of lust comes upon you. And that stuff, you're putting those pieces in sideways. You're like a wood chipper. And all of a sudden it's like. Back in a minute. I found it harder to break fast than anything. People, just, I broke it gently. I had soup, you know, got a steak, minced it, the sour cream, sucked it through a tube, start with liquids. I had a bovine shake. So what you have is that, and also too, so you have different types of fasts. Some people on water fasts, they're, they're in, they always have water. Please, 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 please. You know, um, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, uh, have a hospital visit that's self-inflicted. Okay, but but always have water. Um, sometimes people just have uh, 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 juices, or they just like you know, and then as everyone's different, I can't do juice fasts. They don't work for me. And then there's Daniel fasts. Who's ever had a Daniel? Who's ever been on a Daniel fast? Okay. So what happens, you go, you know what? Just gonna get out the bit of, bit of pumpkin, bit of, <laughs> bit of pumpkin, bit of uh, a sweet potato, uh, you know, some, like this. And we, we're gonna, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna like roast it, it's nice and healthy, you know. Um, and then what we, you know, you're gonna drizzle on some oil, some salt, some garlic, and put, put potatoes. And then, and then when you do that, probably after two or three days, you cut the potatoes thinner and thinner and you put more salt on them and more garlic, and in the end, the Daniel fast turns into a McDonald's fast. <laughs> so you're against the spirit of the thing, you know? You're going, what are you doing? Just vegetables! <laughs> Who's are these that fry like clouds, you know? <laughs> like chips to their nests. So, I think that <laughs> what's interesting <coughs> is that, and we'll finish in a sec, what's interesting is this, is that everything in your body has a voice. In Psalm 84, it says, my flesh cries out to you. Your flesh has a voice. If the, it says the rocks will cry out, if the stones will bear witness, your flesh has a voice. I've heard my flesh talk to me. I was picking up. I was picking, picking up my, and it wasn't like the feed me Seymour, it wasn't that. I was picking up one of my kids from school. I was just, you know, not one of my favorite things, by the way. 
Um, that's one of the things I've been delivered from. Praise the Lord. I hate the kid pickup. Because just the, the, I hate it. Anyway, now, this is, like, is going to be like a confession time. Who has in the past really hated the school pickup? Who's really, come on, more hands, come on. You're just going like this and you're going, stop talking, hurry up. How do, you know, pick up and praise the Lord, brother. Anyway, and I was in the lineup and I heard my body speak to me. It wasn't good. It was like, why are you doing this to me? Like, like, like I, heard, I heard in, it had a voice. Your body speaks. When you fast, your body will get upset with you and you go, shut up. We actually have to rule over our flesh. Our soul has a voice. That's where it says, bless the Lord on my soul. Your spirit's telling your soul to worship God. And your soul can have tantrums and sulks. It can feel entitled. It can be a victim. It can have pity parties. When you fast, you actually start to shut that down. Those things actually create obstacles for people to be planted and to manifest glory in Zion. That's why fasting is so powerful. And what it does, I, I, I would say one of the most powerful, and I'm probably in that again, one of the most powerful seasons of my life. Probably a few years ago, I fasted two to three days a week for months and months. And what would happen, I would usually do it like maybe Sunday to Tuesday night, something like that. And my body started to look forward to it because all of a sudden, all the toxins were getting cleansed out. Fasting is so good for you, by the way. Because your body is so busy digesting food, you can't purge in regards to the areas of, of free radicals, uh, all sorts of weirdness, right? It's a body that is designed to regenerate itself from skin cells all the way through. And I did that for months and my health just like was completely transformed. But not only that, I went to a whole nother level in the spirit. So I wanna leave it at that is that we are talking about wisdom and ascension, and, but, but if we want to experience greater glory, resurrection power, we can only do it through being conformed to his death. Unless a seed goes into the ground, it dies, it remains, and dies, it remains alone. But what's amazing is we get planted in Zion. And we actually are like trees planted by the rivers of living water. It's not sort of like years and years of sort of like, like this. If someone is living a sacrificial life and they're whinging about it, they're deceived. You don't know God. If you know God, the joy of the Lord is your strength. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And so, so, so this is where, this is the, the litmus test is that we're called to, 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 to yield our micro decisions and our focuses, our meta-narrative to Him. And what happens, He goes, great, I'll, I'll see you. Just on, the, just on the other side of this veil where you already are anyway, but your flesh has been stubborn and your soul has been unbelieving. Let's just, let's just completely allow those things, to, the, the voice to get choked out so you can be walking in the Spirit. Because, because what, what happens when you walk in the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control. This is so good. But what happens is that, I'll tell you what right now, is that for me, my desire for greater glory is greater than my physical appetites. Because my physical appetites have probably been the biggest blockage to everything. Seriously. And so we, we have to rule and govern over ourselves and our appetites. And then we, 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 see, here's the thing. 
When we, when we go down this pathway with him, you cannot lose. You, you, you realize that you sacrifice nothing and you gain the universe. All things are Christ and all things are yours. But, but it says, it says unless, unless something is sown first and dies, it will remain alone. So don't be afraid of fasting. Don't be afraid of completely yielding your thought life. Don't be afraid. Don't struggle. Just say, Lord, I'm so excited about this. Your joy is my strength. I thank you, I'm plant, planted in Zion. So I'm telling you right now, it, 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 the question is, when you fast and seek the Lord and have an encounter, do you go there or are you already there but you weren't aware of it? It says we're already raised. And so fasting puts it on turbo. You don't have to fast. It's an invitation. There's no mandates, but fasting makes things faster. It just does. And Jesus, when you read the New Testament, read the New Testament, is it's written for a Jewish audience with an assumption there's background knowledge. And Jesus says, when you fast, when you fast, when you fast. He didn't sit down and do a whole teaching on it. There's an assumption that it's actually part of spiritual disciplines. And you go, why would you do this now? We're we're coming into the Christmas season, bro. I just know that the Holy Ghost is on it. Even if it's a day a week, even if it's a partial thing, even if it's a Daniel fast and you start going into the chip territory, (laughs) you gave it your best shot. It's like, oh, vegetables. You can even make roast potatoes sound amazing. So they're crunchy, but they're soft. And they're just done perfectly. But there's something that God's calling us into. Who knows that God's calling us into a very, very deep place? Come on. Because, because things are happening in the world. Can we put the pads on, please? <clears throat> Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. I think tonight was a very gentle word. The Lord just ran his feathers over your cheek tonight. (laughs) After a while, your body looks forward to fasting. It really does. Again, if there is an intern chat of health and fasting, and I, all I see is Jason Birch's name come up all the time. (laughs) I just I like this line, Jason Birch. Notification, Jason Birch. Jason Birch. Oh, Shane. Jason Birch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do that. Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for the promise of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory and the pathway to life is through the cross, is to be planted in the ground for us to appreciate Zion 
we need to be planted. Lord, I thank you for this church has such a hunger for the glory, for the realm of the Spirit, for the resurrection life of God, just as Paul said, to be conformed to his death, to be counted worthy of the resurrection. Lord, right now, we thank you for resurrection power. And it also says, if the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in our mortal bodies, how shall He not quicken our physical bodies, Lord? I thank you, healing in the communion, the power of the cross, the power of the blood, the power of the broken body of the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Bless this communion to our bodies, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Holy Ghost. Great worship tonight. Very, very, very good. Very anointed. So we're on a journey, friends. It's exciting. Really exciting. But I've been hanging out with the Holy Spirit a lot, especially wisdom. And I'm seeing things I've never seen in my life. It's really, really exciting. So I've got to, I've got to temper that so I don't overshare when I'm preaching. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot deeper than just what's coming out from this perspex stand. So... God bless you guys. Uh, you uh, will see you on the weekend here, Munta, wherever. Interns tomorrow, bright and early. Catch you later.